0: Today on CityCast DC, Union Station is getting a much-needed facelift later this year. WAMU's Jordan Pascal is here to tell us how this renovation will affect folks, whether or not they currently use the station. It's Tuesday, August 30th, 2022. I'm Michael Schaefer, and this is CityCast DC. Jordan, what is this idea? What's it going to look
1: like? It's a massive plan. Those white gold ceilings, that beautiful historic area, that's not going to change. But what is going to change is that drab, windowless, brown tile, 70s feeling waiting area. Basically, the whole shopping area, the mall area, and the train waiting areas are all going to change. And the latest red rings that we've seen, a lot of white, a lot of windows, very airy, some very like light wood ceiling sort of things. So a much more enjoyable kind of atmosphere. So we'll see improvements not only for train areas, but bus areas as well. But then, you know, not only are there projects on the inside of Union Station, there's also going to be a massive new neighborhood on top of the old, the current tracks. They're going to deck that over, basically, and a whole new neighborhood called Burnham Place. It's going to be almost two blocks of new buildings. You'll have better connections between Noma and H Street and downtown. A lot of mixed use with offices and 1,300 residential units, hotels, a really nice looking kind of promenade type park leading to the current back of the station. Uh, you thought it was
0: just a train station, man.
1: It's huge, yeah.
0: So what is motivating? Like, let's talk about the station first before we talk about the neighborhood. Sure. What's motivating the reboot at the actual station?
1: Well, I mean, partly what we just talked about is just, you know, how old it is. Not modern by any means. But there's also going to be a growing ridership. We've got Amtrak. We've got VRE and Mark commuter rail. We've got intracity buses. All that's expected to grow over the next 20 years or so. So there's going to be a greater need. Pre-pandemic, the station served 40 million people. And to put that in perspective, that's nearly 16 million more annually than like DCA, for instance.
0: So I remember when I was in like high school, you know, it had been sort of closed down. You had to take this other sort of almost like a tunnel to the trains and you didn't even get to be in the beautiful building. And then they reopened it as like a mall and it was a big deal. It was the only movie theater on the eastern side of D.C. and so on. Why didn't that work?
1: You kind of see that going on with malls all over the place. And you're right. I mean, you think of kind of those major change stores that were there pre-pandemic. I think H&M is gone. A lot of the food options are gone. You know, the Starbucks is closing. That's been a big thing. I've heard about many of these transformations of Union Station over time. And yeah, this is going to be the next one. Will it be successful? Will it have the same pitfalls after fifteen, twenty years that that past iterations have it remains to be seen?
0: So right, with the with this the mall not working out, at least in its old iteration, that maybe has more to do with like changing consumer habits. But what was wrong with the like net na- with the train stationness of Union Station? Was it hard to navigate? What was the deal?
1: when you think of how you get to union station you can get in by metro if you get dropped off by a car the distance between where you get dropped off and the walk to your train is pretty long again those waiting areas in other places a lot of places you can wait on the platforms at union station you can't there's a long history behind that but that is one of the major issues is just because you have so many people that can't wait on those platform areas you get this really crowded waiting room area that's just it's too much wait, it's so overwhelming what, what is this is
0: this is Amtrak going to change their rules? Because this is the single weirdest and worst thing about Union Station is that you have to line up like at an airport, which is the most unpleasant part of being at an airport, instead of just like walk into a track like you do at a train station in other countries. Are you going to be able to do that?
1: this project is slated for 2040. So a lot could change by then. They got time. Uh, Fed Siddiqui at the Washington Post wrote a great story about this maybe five or six years ago, looking at why Amtrak does it. And basically they said, I want to say it was security concerns. I can't remember off the top of my head, but- um, I mean, those
0: people at the front of the line who are like vaguely looking at your ticket, I don't mean to offend anyone, but they don't look like keen eyed security guards.
1: Sure. And yeah, so it's kind of like a, you know, is this just the way we've always done it sort of thing? And that's the way we're going to- to do it maybe in 20 years we'll get the innovation that europe has that other trans stations in the us already have of being able to go wait on a platform
0: (laughs) so beyond the passenger experience what's supposed to change in the area that is now like shopping mall stores and uh, restaurants and stuff
1: yeah, I mean, complete renovation. I mean, you know, you've got that food court downstairs. It's nothing new. But basically, I think what's going to happen is the feel. I think you are trying to create a better customer amenity, a customer experience. And hopefully with those new renovations and everything, you attract new retail, you attract new food. That's just a, a lot better experience.
0: So what's the total damage here? What's it supposed to cost? Who's by hand?
1: You want to take a guess? Um, I go high. Um, <laughs> Like really, it's (laughs) going to be
0: America's most expensive food court.
1: Yeah, no, I mean for the station itself, the latest estimates that we've seen is ten billion dollars. So with a B, with a B, yeah. So that's some real money. Obviously, with the infrastructure bill that was just passed, they're looking at some of that. There might be some maybe state and local money as well, but it's a pricey investment.
0: Give me the the argument for why it is worth it to spend ten billion dollars of the taxpayers' money to do this.
1: I think people look at it in two ways. One is practically some of the things that we mentioned, these cramped areas and all that stuff. And then I think there's a lot of symbolism with Union Station. If you think of some of the other entrances into D.C., think of how many photos you see from like the window seat of an airplane looking over the National Mall or driving in on 66 or 395 and you see those monuments. When you you know step out uh, of a train into Union Station, it's not what you want as a symbol of the region, of the nation's capital. And so I do feel like there is a lot of symbolism in having a modern, beautiful station for the nation's capital. I'd say that's maybe not the main driver, but I think it is a big part of it. And then, So like the, the said, argument
0: there would be that having a, a more pleasant arrival experience is going to make more people come to Washington and presumably kick in more revenue.
1: Yeah, that could be part of it. And I think mainly just like what it says about who we are and where we live.
0: So th- I, I have read an argument, and I don't know if this is true, but hook me up here, that spending all this money on like the station building and the waiting rooms and stuff is unwise when the money really ought to be spent on the trains and the tracks, which is to say things that enable you to get from here to there faster.
1: Oh, yeah. If you think about this project, the neighborhood is a development project. The renovation is an amenities and customer experience thing. There's some train work here. There's some other projects going on to repair and rebuild some tunnels underneath the station and stuff. There is some infrastructure stuff here. But if you go and look at the Federal Railroads Administration's fact sheet, it doesn't list, oh, we're getting 20 new trains a day that go to New York and Boston and Charlotte. And that's not on there. So, I mean, yeah, obviously service and reliability are among the most important things for people traveling. And this project really doesn't quite do that. It focuses on maybe the second most important thing, experience.
0: One time I got my dad, for he was born in 1929, I got him for one of his birthdays train timetables between Washington and New York. And the time that it took was basically the same as it is now, so like almost 100 years. And uh, and from what I'm hearing from what you're saying, nothing that we've been talking about is going to change that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's some improvements, like for instance, on the Northeast Corridor and, and Acela, they are trying to make it trains higher speed but we're not talking european asian country bullet train fast we're talking 120 mile an hour if that it it shaves minutes. And then, you know, you've got the whole Hyperloop and all these new technologies that are trying to mimic these really fast, you know, like get to New York in an hour sort of things. You know, we be talking about that in 2040, you know, or is it gimmick? I don't know. But you're right. We haven't had really this transformational investment that really makes a difference in time.
0: So how much of this is motivated also by actual like people washingtonians or people using the train complaining about the place or how much of it is people who are in the business look around at the, the state of the industry
1: i don't get the sense that's a top priority for regular residents honestly i hear so much more about metro and having that be improved and trains back on the track and
0: but it needs improvement
1: a little bit a little bit, little bit. <laughs> um, but i don't hear the drumbeat of like we've got to fix union station we've got to fix union station so you know one issue that's bubbled up around this whole conversation is in this redevelopment, they're proposing a bunch of parking and that sort of thing. And that was the largest conversation that I've heard about this project so far, is that there was way too much parking. DC Council got involved. There were some other groups that got involved saying, you know, this is one of the most connected buildings in the region. We should not be encouraging people to drive here. And honestly, that's the biggest conversation that I've heard around this whole redevelopment so far.
0: Oh, wait, there's actually one thing I, I, I did want to ask, yeah. um, which is like, So are they doing anything about the experience of being picked up there? Because I think for a lot of people, like getting a cab, getting an Uber, getting their aunt to pick them up, whatever, is an insane-making experience.
1: It absolutely is. And if you think of Columbus Circle, which is that kind of drop-off area in the front, that often gets really, really backed up. And people trying to weave in and out. It's crazy. The other end is H Street uh, on that bridge, and that's not a great experience either. This renovation would include two new uh, entrances, which with pick up and drop-off areas. So that's going to give folks a lot more options hopefully kind of relieve some of the pressure on that main entrance the pickup and drop off experience will be significantly changed uh, and hopefully for the better
0: here's a pro tip if it's not raining you can just like walk a block and life gets so much better if you're trying to get picked up or find a ride or anything
1: yeah i've dropped off friends there a couple times and you're a
0: good friend
1: yeah, yeah. I know. And I live on the red line. I should have just shoved them on uh, the on Metro, but I, I didn't want to do, do that to them.
0: You say that, that, that what you're going to experience in the station is only a part of this and that there's going to be a whole new neighborhood. Can you sort of describe that for us? Because uh, I think a lot of people can't even picture the train yard and then what it would mean to have that decked over and a neighborhood created on top of it.
1: I think a good way to think about this is if you're on the H street bridge, they call it the hopscotch bridge that connects downtown to that H street corridor, that nightlife corridor. If you're walking over that bridge and you look South towards the Capitol, you see this expanse of train of rails. I don't know, 16, 18. I'm not sure how many tracks, but basically that whole, track area acts as a barrier between these neighborhoods because you have to take this long bridge it's very industrial feeling it's it's not a super pleasant place and so by building over these tracks you're basically connecting creating a whole new place.
0: And this will be like apartments or houses or what?
1: So you think of, you know, Navy Yard and Noma and what's happened over the last you know, 10, 15 years, just tons of buildings. I think that's gonna happen here where you're gonna have a dozen plus buildings, retail, restaurants, hotels, apartment living, all that sort of stuff. And then this big kind of promenade park that goes through the middle of this that leads you to the station. And it will have fountains and art and a signature kind of gathering place for the district.
0: And those train yards are really like a big slice across the city that sort of severs one part of the central Washington from others. So in covering over that, that knits the city back together in ways that like matter, even if you're never going to take a
1: train absolutely yeah i mean it's gonna like the transformations that you've seen in navy yard and noma it's gonna be the same thing it's like this place will not look like it does right now
0: wait so when does all this start when does construction start
1: well like we said it's uh 10 billion dollar project a lot of work they're still in design phase and all this stuff and so we're not exactly sure on it. Exact timeline. What we've heard is completion, hopefully by 2040. Construction could take anywhere from like 11 to 14 years. So probably start to see more physical stuff happening in the next eight to 10, 10 years or so.
0: I mean, I guess we don't know yet what it's going to look like at the station while construction's going on.
1: They do have a video that, that you can go, if you look up uh, Washington Union Station expansion, they've got a rendering video and it shows some different phases of how this would be done. And uh, anytime you renovate a station or, for instance, shut down metro platforms, there is impact and it's going to probably be a pain for a little bit.
0: Will that mean closing the metro station for a little while?
1: Metro station's largely off to its own thing. I don't think there will be a whole lot of impact on the metro station itself, but uh, there's been some other projects renovating metro stations in different parts of the region, and you've had to completely shut down those stations. So there's rider impact there. And so they're going to have to shut down, you know, maybe a, a quarter of the tracks and then the next bit and then the next bit. And so you'll probably have this almost like roving construction throughout the station for maybe a decade. Like many transportation projects, this is going to be a slow process. I mean, yeah. there are things that I started covering a decade ago that, that haven't come to completion. And I'm going to be 35 this year. This might not be done until I'm 53, 55. That's a long time. So, um, a long wait for the train. It's a long wait for the train.
0: Jordan, thank you so much for being
1: here. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: And before you go, some quick news. Police are investigating the shooting of Commander's running back Brian Robinson Jr. during a robbery attempt on H Street. Robinson was shot in the leg and hip and is in stable condition. Head coach Ron Rivera visited Robinson in the hospital and tweeted that Robinson will be back soon doing what he does best. Meanwhile, fans of the restaurant Reverie are auctioning NFTs to raise restoration funds for the fire-damaged space. The NFTs are called Revive Reverie, and they feature a cartoon character with a food item bouncing around its head. You can buy them on OpenSea anytime before Friday, so if you've got any Ethereum floating around and wanted to put it towards a good cause, now's your chance. And finally, a group of civil rights lawyers have settled with PG County officials to better protect prisoners in the local jail from COVID. The settlement imposes mandatory testing, isolation, and vaccine protocols. When the lawsuit kicked off nearly two years ago, sanitary conditions were so bad that people complained they didn't even have enough soap. DC's prison settled a similar lawsuit back in February. That's all for today here on CityCast DC. I'm Michael Schaefer from Politico. Please be sure to check out our newsletters for more stories. You can subscribe at our website. And if you like what you're hearing and reading, tell a friend, rate us on the podcast player of your choice, and reach out to us. Our email is dc at citycast.fm. And you can leave us a voicemail at 202-642-2654. We'll be back tomorrow morning. Bye.